Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, April 26th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And here we are in the stretch run of the NBA season, Coach, with 11 games, big slate, and it, there's only about a dozen games left for each team. So we got to get geared up here for the final stretch of the season. Yeah, this this is awesome, man. I it, This is the fun time of the year. I mean, a lot of people are scratching their head or banging their head against the wall. You know, all this crazy variance and guys sitting, guys playing, guys resting, guys in COVID protocol, teams tanking. You know, it's it's hilarious. There's so much going on. But you know, that's what we're here for. We we do this full time for a reason. And and right now, man, it takes full time to try to get all this digested, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I agree. I mean, the work you put in day in and day out really helps you because then when there are little pieces of news, you're ready to pivot and adjust. And so that's what we're going to do here. Build through the 11 game slate, build full lineups for you uh, as, as members and uh, we have half of the teams involved in a back-to-back coach. And a little yeah. bit strange that on an 11-game slate, no totals over 230. So we are, we are really going to have to battle today to, to build these lineups. Are you ready for, <laughs> the, monst- for the occasion? This is a monster grind-out yes, day here. For absolutely. Sure. Yeah, let's dive in. I mean, we can't start figuring it out until we take one little bite at a time, you know? Yes, sir. All right, you want me to lead off with Atlanta and Detroit? Let's do it. All right, we have Atlanta 34 and 27 against Detroit at a sparkling 18 and 43. Um, Atlanta is favored by five and a half. It's a 220 over under. And uh, really have two interesting areas here. We've got pace of 23 and 22, so that's awful. But defense, not good, 21 and 20. So that's a little bit of a help. Then we have Atlanta on the second night of a back-to-back. So a little bit more uh, to the mix. As far as injuries go, Capella is questionable. He was questionable yesterday, ended up playing. Um, I have a questionable tag, actually, on guys that have been out for a long time. Dunn, Hunter, and Snell. So I think we're awaiting some news from those guys of maybe getting some of them back in the rotation. So that's that's important news that we have to follow throughout the day. And then on the Detroit side, we have Magruder and Smith Jr. out. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, Trey Young uh, remains out with his ankle injury. So, you know, this, this game takes on a, a little bit different uh, meaning. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you've got that backcourt of, of – uh, Goodwin jumping in for Trey, and then they also were just using Bogdanovich at the point uh, with Herder. They sort of share it. So there's been a, a, a shift there of, uh, you know, sort of a rotation of who's filling in Trey's um, minutes. Now, a lot of that usage is going uh, to Bogdanovich and Herder. Uh, it's not going to the bigs. So those two, you know, in play right off the bat for me. Uh, it's, you know, you can play both. You really can, even on a monster slate like this. Uh, but Bogdanovich's price hurts a little bit, and Herders has moved up, too. So I do think they're in a good spot, and without Trey, they're playable. Um, not on the, the John Collins bandwagon today with Grant defense, and he just hasn't looked 
exactly right since he came back to me. <clears throat> so I think that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's just a little iffy not wanting to spend that salary on him. Uh, you know, is Capella going to be in or not? That's the question. If he's not, then from a value perspective, a Kongu is always an option. Not that he dominates the minutes. You know, Nathan Knight usually gets some of those minutes at the big. So I'm not crazy about those guys. Mo mostly just Bogdanovich and Herter. On the Detroit side, Plumlee's been throwing in some, some monster games lately. He can be considered as price at center if uh, Capella sits, but not if Capella plays. Um, Jeremy Grant, you know, he's he's been up and down, but he's he seems to be a little bit healthier, resting a few games here and there. And he is a sneaky play because he can um, definitely get to value pretty easily. Not really wanting to dive into the, the craziness of the Detroit guard rotation. Even with two of them out, you're still getting a lot of Corey jo uh, Joseph, the uh, Jackson, Ellington. Just There's a, quite a bit of a rotation there. And then Sadiq Bey also. A little risky for me, not feeling it, because um, <clears throat> I just, you know, you can't take an inconsistent guy that's going to have a really poor game. And he, he isn't really a break the slate kind of guy, but you know, he's, he's worth a consideration. So for me in this first game, even though there's some things that make sense, um, I'm really about the Atlanta backcourt of Bogdanovich and Herter and the possibility of a Jeremy Grant, if I can make the salary work. So definitely interesting game one. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. Bogdan and Herter definitely have gotten a bump lately. Um, and Herder looks good to me. What I didn't like last night was that Lou Williams took over in the fourth quarter, scored 15 yeah. points, and Herder didn't come back into the game. Still still finished with 29 minutes. So I agree that he's playable. Um, but we got to keep an eye on Lou Williams. And I've been waiting for him to have a, a monster game, but he just hasn't quite done it yet with Atlanta. He doesn't have a running mate on the bench like he's used to with Harrell, uh, with, right. with the Clippers. Um, so... Going to continue to keep an eye on that situation, but certainly you could go with a one-off there, and then yeah. and Gal. I forgot to mention Gallo, by yeah. the way. I yeah. mean, he's he's you know considerable, I guess. Yep. And with Detroit, I agree that Grant is in a much better spot than he was, and I think thirty-four minutes last game. So that's that's when you want to play him in the six K range. He could certainly pay off, and Josh Jackson. Um, got to mention him. He has been volatile lately. It's so hard to trust. He's, I mean, seems to be the definition of boomer bust recently. Yeah, um, he's been like that since he's come in the league. He's yeah. just a weird guy. You he know? is. And he was a high pick. I think he was like fourth overall or something. Yep. That was a strange draft scenario when he shunned yeah. the meeting with the Celtics and Phoenix took him and it's no sense. sort of been downhill ever since for him. But yeah, yeah, could, could be a one-off here in game one. Game two is another 7 o'clock tip, Lakers and the Magic. And the Lakers are 10-point favorites here on the road, only a 2-11 total. Orlando back-to-back -back here after another blowout loss to Indiana. On the Lakers side, we have AD, KCP, and Gasol all probable. Shooter questionable with the calf issue. On the Orlando side, unfortunate injury yesterday for Devin Kennedy so hopefully he'll oh. recover fully um, 
really tough news there. That was really guy. rough. I was watching it live and <clears throat> to hear the poor man screaming and then Bomba sort of freaked out and it was it was that was a horrible situation. Prayers to him and his family. Absolutely. Terrence Ross, I've got is questionable. He sat out last night with a back injury. Now, on the Lakers side here, they've got to win this game. Um, they should win this game. They've got AD, 10-point favorites. Uh, it's been tough for them to get wins recently. And so AD is an interesting guy here because he's obviously ramping back up. He got to 28 minutes against your Mavericks, put up 19 shots, wasn't very efficient, 0 for 6 from three-point land, and he's in the 9K range. So I probably won't go to him here, but he's interesting because I just don't see anybody on, on Orlando who can defend him. Okiki's been playing the four. AD has way too much size and length for him. Um, you know, if Wendell Carter Jr. starts again at the center, he's not going to provide much help. Uh, he's undersized. And he was on limited minutes yesterday, kind of splitting time with Mo Bamba. We'll see on the back-to-back if anything happens with him. Mo Bamba, when he's out there, he's got the length to give AD a little trouble. But, you know, I think AD is going gonna, is gonna to dominate while he's out there. I'm curious if you think he's worth worth a look. I'm kind of leaning against it here on the 11-game slate, but if it's not this game, then probably the next game, I'm really going to be considering him at that same price tag. Um, anyone else here is um, kind of a roll of the dice for me because, you know, will it be a blowout? Uh, you know, Schroeder, guys like Schroeder and Kuzma are in that mid-tier price range where they're not that attractive to me. We, you know, we, we have a slow pace game here, 16 and 20. Um, and then the other thing to mention here with, with the Lakers dynamic recently, um, Drummond, we, we want to focus on him and how does, how does AD's presence affect him? Uh, he didn't do too much against the, the Mavs. He did play 30 minutes, but then Montrez Harrell, DNP coach's decision last game, Crazy. really yeah. fascinating and, uh, you're just puzzling what's what's going on with with Trez because he's been in a bit of a funk lately. Um, so Drummond is priced, you know, where he he's definitely playable, uh, but how much does AD's impact affect him? On the Orlando side, uh, Cole Anthony, decent option, mid tier, six K range. You could look there. Uh, Bacon had a, a, a nice night yesterday, 20 points. He had an awesome game when he played the Lakers last time. Uh, 3900 on FanDuel. I still like that price. If Terrence Ross is out, then I think you could consider him. But, you know, not really thrilled about this game. But what are your thoughts on AD and Drummond, these big guys for the Lakers? Well, you know, I, I watched that whole game, Mavs-Lakers, uh, and AD was, obviously they told him, listen, don't go full board here. Just, you know, go 75%. So he settled for a ton of jumpers where he could have gone around guys and gone to the bucket with some authority, but just lots of, of sort of lazy jumpers. And so I think he's still playing into, you know, wanting to go full tilt. Um, as far as this game goes, this is my least favorite game of all 11. I just, there's so much of it I don't like. And for so many reasons, uh, Orlando's a disaster there. Even their coach had a, a positive COVID test. He had a sit. 
and they said it was false positive and they they sat him it just they're a mess you know they're just playing out the string uh lakers needing a win should just smash them and you know that's a, a problem too um you know my question to you is if schroeder does sit who plays point is it white chocolate does he get the the starter who's who's the point guard if schroeder sits it's a good question uh caruso right yeah caruso would be a good option it it seems like if one of the guys starts off the bench though it it has been taylor horton tucker who's a little bit more expensive than caruso i actually did mark down caruso's price 3700 on both sites because if it is a blowout and he gets 22 minutes or like you said, if Schroeder doesn't play, then he's squarely in the mix. Yeah, that that's the only guy I'd consider under the circumstances of Schroeder being completely uh, out. Because I think he could get 30 minutes. Because I don't think they want to play KCP at point or, or whatever. So, um, But the game itself, just don't like it. I, I think Davis is getting close. You know, We're probably one or two games away from him being uh, a very reasonable play. Just, you know, it's a shame that his price is as high as it is. You would think they would have eased him up a little, you know, bit on the pricing until he was full throttle. But uh, as far as the Drummond situation goes, you know, he was fine in spurts against Dallas, but he didn't smash. And every center seems to smash against Dallas. So, you know, he looks a little heavier than normal yeah, to me. a little sluggish. Agreed. Yeah. And, and just not quick, not healthy. Uh not super comfortable. So I'm, I'm really on the downswing with Drummond. Um, you know, I've read different things from beat writers about throughout the year with, with Montrez and, uh, and Vogel not being on the same page. I just, I don't think Vogel likes him to be honest with you. I think I've mentioned this on, you know, on the show, uh, a couple of times. And, and obviously if it's led all the way to a, a, you know, a coach's decision, DNP. I mean, that's that's serious, but I don't think that continues. I think Harold get his chunk of run today. Uh, so really don't like anybody at all on the Lakers side. And it seems like I've been r- finding a way to roster an Orlando Magic guy like every day. It's either Okiki or Anthony or Bacon or somebody. And it, it every time I watch, it's like trying to get blood from a stone. You're just begging mm-hmm. <laughs> for for something. Yeah. And uh, they're just awful, man. Let's face it. So everything with this game, I don't like. Uh, I would keep an eye on the Schroeder news because, you know, Caruso, 30 minutes at that price could be a nice little salary saver if he's going to start at point. But other than that, I'm running from this game. Okay. All right, let's go to Oklahoma City and Philadelphia. It's also a 7 o'clock game. OKC's 20-40 and 40 and Sixers 39-21. and 21. Uh, there's there's not much news on Philly there. Is there, Andrew? No, it's pretty, pretty relaxed yeah. uh, regular oh, yeah. game for them. <laughs> so it sits right now. Uh, Philly is, even with like, the water boy, I think, is out for, for rest on this game. But they're an 11.5-point favorite against the hapless Oklahoma City. Uh, 219 over-under. You've got uh, two decently-paced teams, 8th and 10th. And then you have the stud Philly defense, if any of their guys play third, and Oklahoma City's 25th. We know that Dort is out. And we know that it's uh, a double uh, two game and two nights for OKC. 
It is an island game for Philly, but here's the, here's the problem. We've got questionable tags on Korkmaz, Harris, Embiid, and Hill, with Simmons already being rolled out. So God only knows. I mean, this to predict what's going to happen here is impossible. You know, I would assume Doc wants to rest some of his guys because they can beat uh, OKC with half a team. But the question is, who's the half a team going to be? So, I, I mean, I'm not even going to recommend anybody on the Philly side because it's all determined on who plays. I mean, we're, we know Simmons is out, so there's going to be some extra run there. But that usage would obviously go to the, the combination of mainly Harris and Embiid and a little bit of Cork, Moss, and Hill, who's the new man in their rotation. Uh, and then, you know, you got to consider the young guys uh, like we always do, and they're just always treading water, and that's uh, Maxie and, and the guy that I'm not going to mention because he stung me so bad a couple <laughs> of times in a row. Everybody knows who I'm talking about there. Yep. But uh, shake, sh- sh- shake, shake and, and shout. Bake. Yeah, he was making me shake and bake for sure. But uh, with the red head and steam coming out of my ears. Anyway, uh, so again, wide open game. No idea what to expect here. Um, it could certainly be lopsided if some of Philly guys play. Um, with Dort out, you know, Maladon, uh, Luke, you could take shots at Poku. You know, I, I, w- I was really proud of the fact that I've been uh, the guys I've been touting for about the last month are, are all starting to show up. Not that I al- always play them at the right time like a dumbass that I am because I, I tout these guys, and Baisley's the guy that I've been on for like a month. And, boy, is he looking good. He's, you know, He was a little out of control, and we, we talked about it on here before, and a little green, but I see that improving all the time, a little bit more control, and being able to shoot the three and, and literally jump out of the gym and, and even defend and get some stocks, I really like Baisley. But this matchup against Phillies D, if Embiid and Harris play or one of the other plays, isn't really the most conducive matchup to a, a quality uh, you know, uh, spot for DFS. So don't want any part of the shifting bigs with Roby and Brown and all that baloney. So for me, it's, you know, let's wait and see who's who's in. I could go with as many as two Philly guys if just two of that group of four are in because there'll be a lot of usage to be had. But if they're all in or all out, it's it becomes, you know, a whole different scenario. And then I doubt I'm going OKC anywhere because Philly's defense. But if if I did... Even though his price has gone up, I, I still am enamored with Baisley. So that's about it. Yeah, I mean, those are the guys that I'm looking at. I think Baisley, for me, like you said, the key is if Tobias Harris plays, and then I'll shy away from him if he does. I'd look more at one of the guards, Maladon and Svi. I, I think are both playable at their prices, especially with Ben Simmons out. And then on the Philly side, the three guys I'm looking at are Seth Curry, your boy Shake and Dwight Howard. I think if we get most of the key guys out, I'll have probably at least one of those guys, uh, especially on DraftKings, where you can play two centers. I, I think there's a good chance I'll get Dwight out there at his $4,500 price tag. Did you did you see the last game? I, I used Dwight, 
and he got teed and kept arguing. And I thought, if <laughs> here is, we go again, right? Is this three times that we roster this guy that he gets thrown out? How is that possible? He wants to lead the league in some category, and it's going to be Tex this year. <laughs> yeah, Luke is on his tail too. Don't he worry is. about yeah. it. Yeah. All right, game four. We have another seven o'clock tip: San Antonio and Washington. And this is a best total so far. 228 and a half, San Antonio favored by two, back-to-back for Washington after they took care of Cleveland last night. The news here, we have Lyle still out, Rudy Gay questionable with back issues, and everybody ready to go on the Washington side, uh, unless we get news on the back-to-back. Well, Hashimura is questionable. Is he now questionable? That's what I have him listed as, yeah. So we have the number one pace in Washington, of course. Uh, defense is improving a little bit. Uh, San Antonio, slightly above average defensively, both below average with offensive efficiency. So really, it's just that key, that Washington pace that really lifts every game involving the Wizards. So on the San Antonio side, you could look for uh, one of the, the triple Ds, DeJounte, Derek, or DeMar. I think they're all in play. Uh, any of them could smash against Washington's defense. I'm going to lean De- DeRozan here. I like how he looked against New Orleans. And actually, I think it's worth mentioning the minutes that the three of them played in that game. DeJounte, 35, Derek, 38, and DeMar, 37. And we don't usually yeah, Pop get that must from have the Spurs. Had like a, did Pop have a stroke he over might there have. or something? He, he might have. <laughs> I mean, but, but it is an island game again. So we might get yeah. something similar. So... I, you know, and it's actually funny, as I was filling out my, my first roster today, Coach, the first player I put in was a spur. It was DeRozan. Oh. And that's, I think, the first time it's happened all season. So <laughs> uh, I, those three guys are in play. With Washington, uh, I don't know if I'll get to Westbrook here, back-to-back with his high price tag. Beal, I think, has a slightly better chance for me, but probably not. I think if you're going to pay up at shooting guard, uh, we have Paul George coming later in the slate. I think I like him a little bit better. And then we need to mention your man Gafford, who... Oh, jeez. How about <laughs> that, man? 20... Yeah. I mean, just to rub it in my face, the guy plays exactly the amount of minutes I was asking for in 28, right. and he goes, like, absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And, he... and, and you watch the other two guys... They stink. I, they, I just no, I'm they don't. Lopez was five for five from the field. Oh, yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't block anything. He's not active. He can't move. <laughs> he's a little slow, but he is efficient. He, he's you know very good shooting percentage. Yeah. Um, but you know, if so, you had to play one of those guys and you were coaching that team, would you not play Gafford? Yeah, I'd play him the most. I'd play him All the right. most. So the question is, what are we going to get tonight? 27 minutes like last night or 15 minutes like the game before? I I can't take the stress, man. I'll, yeah. I'll stroke out myself. I'll well, be like Pop. <laughs> my advice to people is if you're going to play him, play him on DraftKings where he's only 3900 as that a is center. Cheap. Uh, he's priced up now on FanDuel. He's 51. Uh, but he, you know, he does have great upside, and we're always looking for guys in that price range who can give you f- over 40 fantasy points. I mean, he can go... 10x on DraftKings. There's no doubt about it. So, and he's going to be owned now tonight because everybody's going to be chiming in like they discovered something out of nowhere. Right. So, um, 
I don't know if you can handle talking about him anymore, but what about these Spurs guys? Are you willing to put one of them out there tonight? I mean, it's a great scenario for them. You got Washington on the second night of a back-to-back, so they're going to have some some tired legs. Uh, you know, I I do like the Spurs. I I know it sounds scary, but and, and Dirk, this is where I always have Dirk cover his ears because he <laughs> hates the Spurs right. and he hates when I play Spurs, and he's usually right. But uh, I I think I may go as uh, with two Spurs here. I know it sounds sort of you know out there, and they're not cheap either. Um, I like I like Murray and DeRozan both, and the reason there's several reasons. One, I did notice the additional minutes. I think he realizes you know they're one game over 500, and they're in a hell of a fight for those playoff uh, last playoff spots uh, in the West. So I think he you know with the rest now, I think we even if we get we don't even have to get the 38. If we get 30 or 32, that's that's solid and. You know, that's not always a, a guarantee with, with Pop for sure. But I just think Washington's going to be a little tired. They, they've they won, what, nine in a row now or something? Um, eight in a row, whatever it is. But if you notice, you know, they used a lot of energy last night. Westbrook, for the first time, looked just a smidgen tired to me. I mean, still explosive. Beal got tired toward the end. He even had a calf cramp. And those hurt. And those don't. You know, you have to really take in some salt and do some things in 24 hours to get out there and bust your tail. You know, he could cramp up again. So I'm down on the Washington side, which I'm usually always playing some of their guys. But I, I do like the Spurs here. I think, you know, Pirtle will uh, be neutralized a little bit with Gafford, assuming Gafford gets 25 minutes. Um, and so I'm not going to go there. But the, the two targets I have out of this whole entire game, uh, definitely going to have at least one of them. I think it just sets up really well for Murray, who's playing terrific ball right now, very quietly. And this just seems like a, a zone-in game for DeRozan. You know, he seems to do better under more pressure and going against Beal and some of these guys. I think he raises his game. You know, and Washington's defense has gotten a little better. Talked about that on the podcast yesterday. Actually, a lot better. I mean, from 29th in a month up to 15th, you know, you you pass 14 spots on the on the list. Uh, that's why they're winning games, not the spectacular offense like everybody thinks. But again, you got some tired legs here. You know, they've used ex, you know a ton of energy winning this eight games in a row. This looks like a bump in the road to me, and. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a little Spurs. I'm on the same same plane as you. Excellent. All right, let's go with the uh, another uh, 7:30 game. It's the Phoenix Suns at the New York Knicks. It's Phoenix minus two is all. So the Vegas is respecting the Knicks run. I think I know they've won like nine or ten in a row too. So very interesting. But it's a two fifteen and a half uh, over under. So. Not great. Here's the thing that's really ugly. 26th and 30th in pace. So this is going to be like uh, me over at the Keller Rec Center mm-hmm. walking the ball up every time. And a back-to-back and for up, Phoenix. Yes, and it's a back-to-back for Phoenix. So I anticipate just a, a snail's pace in this game, all half-court you know, uh, set up. And then defensively, Phil, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Phoenix is sixth, and the Knicks are fourth. So 
you have to have some serious courage to to go here. Crowder's questionable. Burks remains out for the Knicks. But, you know, it just makes no sense with 22 teams playing when you have two of the slowest, best defensive teams for DFS. You just, you know, it's a nice game. I'll watch some of it for sure. But no no uh, coverage for me on this one. Yeah, for me, it's it's a one-off value play at the most, depending on if Crowder and Sarich are both out again, then either Cam Johnson as a starter, Torrey Craig off the bench. He had a huge game that I've been looking for, 20 and 14 yesterday in 32 minutes. How does that happen? Uh, 3,500 on both sites. Um, so a guy like that, potentially. On the Knicks side, don't think I'll pay up for Randall. Uh, R.J. Barrett, I like where where he's at these days. You know, if I had to do a, spend a little bit more in this game, possibly with him, but he gets tough defense from Bridges. So, yeah, most likely a pass unless we got multiple guys out for Phoenix. I'm with you. All right, the next 7:30 game: Cleveland in Toronto in quotation marks down in Florida. Uh, yeah, another low total here, 217. Toronto favored by nine and a half. And we always mention how surprised we are with Toronto's record. And here's a great example. They're 25 and 35, Cleveland 21 and 39. So they're only four games better than this team who's basically tanking and playing a bunch of young guys. It's just amazing. Crazy. Yeah. So do they finally get going here? This is a, a big two-day stretch for them because they've got Cleveland today and then they play Brooklyn tomorrow. So back-to-back. And they they do have the advantage of uh, Sexton being doubtful with the concussion. I'd say almost 100% likely to be out. Then we have yeah. Windler and Prince out. Uh, and as, as it is a back-to-back, we'll see if there's any other news with Cleveland. Do they sit a veteran like Love? Perhaps that'll open up some interest. Um, but the, the key value guy from last night was Osman. Uh, yeah. 37 minutes. They basically just didn't have many many guys left to play that spot. He's a he's a, uh, a steal again if he starts. A good price on both sides. Uh, Allen was awesome yesterday. Uh, oh man, what a game! Center. I had him too. Yeah. I was so happy. That was his best game of the year. That was terrific, and he's still fifty seven hundred yeah. on Fanduel. So he's tempting. He's still tempting, no doubt about it. On the Toronto side. Um, we got a great matchup here. Cleveland is 22nd defensively. The downside, of course, is that they're slow. They're they're 24th, so not likely going to be a, a ultra high scoring game. But I think these guys could all smash. Uh, the guys I'm looking at mostly Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Siakam. You have to pay up for Birch. Really in a good spot now uh, as that starting center. Uh, is Boucher? Do you have him out again? Um, I have Boucher as out. Yeah. Okay. So I, for me, any of those starters are in play, especially those last four. I'm kind of leaning towards Ananobi, uh, you know, because he's he's cheaper here. Uh, yeah. I like how he he's aggressive in that last game, taking 11 three pointers. Uh, I don't think Osman is strong defensively, or Van Vliet. Uh, you know, he was really looking looking better than Lowry in that last one. So I, I think there's a decent chance I'll get one of these Toronto starters and try to take advantage of that bad Cleveland defense. 
Yeah, I mean, this this is a tough game to really call here. I mean, Cleveland without Sexton is definitely a drawback. And, you know, I, I really like Garland. I liked him last night, too. But, you know, on a back-to-back, and, and again, you know, in this game, it's uh, both teams, Cleveland on the second night and Toronto on the first night. So that doesn't help matters either. But, you know, Garland having to face Lowry defense and such, not I don't feel he – uh, gets to where he did yesterday. Um, you know, Osman is going to probably be pretty well-owned because he made everybody happy at the cheap price yesterday. But he runs right straight into the teeth of, of Ananobi defense. And I just don't think that is a repeatable uh, number for him. Um, Kevin Love probably limited with the back-to-back for sure. And, you know, I, I'm not crazy about Jared Allen uh, in this game, even though I liked him a lot yesterday. There's just a lot of centers to choose from. Yesterday it was it was sort of a process of elimination. I didn't really seek him out. He just ended up being what I thought was the best available uh, at that price. But this is a tougher matchup. You know, Birch gets after it. Uh, Siakam, uh, you know, sc- scraps inside too. So, you know, it's not the fact that Boucher's out doesn't really hurt Allen. I think he could have done better against Boucher. But, um, you know, so the Cleveland side, not feeling comfortable with anybody there. You know, and Toronto, you know, even though it's, uh, you know, they haven't had a good season, this is almost a double-digit spread. And with Lowry, Van Vliet, and uh, Ananobi, and Siakam, and probably Birch, you know, being, I think Birch is better than Baines and more accomplished of a player than Boucher, although Boucher's, you know, can can really uh, blow it out. But that's a good starting five. I think it's a, a consistent starting five, and I think they'll win this game handily. They'll, you know, the problem is where's the usage going to uh, spread out to? Now, I, got, I was fortunate on Saturday when Van Vliet played really well to roster him, but it was because he was going against uh, a weaker defender, um, you know, Okoro is a rookie, but he can defend. I think he'll bother Van Vliet. Um, Lowry's probably the better play, but he hasn't had a ceiling game in a long time. And I don't know if he's just playing through the, the string here or what, but he doesn't seem to have that same crazy Lowry punch and, you know, excitement that he had before taking a bunch of charges. I think his jets are sort of quieted down um you know we know Siakam is somewhat of a ball hog and he's going to get his shots up but you know with Van Vliet Lowry and even Birch and Ananobi on the floor it it gets spread out so I don't want to pay all the way up for Siakam especially if the game gets a little bit out of hand um you know Birch isn't a bad value play especially with zero minutes coming from Boucher with him out Birch should get a really good run and I think he's a nice little GPP play at his price because he should get value. I really think he'll get value. And we know that, you know, as Allen's good, but he gets uh, beat up by some centers in the league. And Birch is, is one of those wiry strong guys. So he may be the one-off I use here, especially on sites like DraftKings and, and uh, Yahoo where you can roster more than one big and then we have to look for his power forward slash center uh, availability. So sort of an odd take, but that's that's the guy I'm thinking about. Okay. All right, we go to the first 
8 p.m. Eastern game. It's the 43-19 and 19 Clippers at the 26-34 and 34 Pelicans, who are not even in the playoff hunt. They're sitting in the 11th spot, which is sort of shocking when, you know, only 15, 10 of the 15 teams make it. And with all that talent, they're not there. So uh, I, if I was Van Gundy, I would not close on that house he was looking to <laughs> close on. Uh, we have this as Clippers by three and a half because we've got some sitters here. And uh, 227 and a half, Andrew. So we've got these final three games, two tw- you know, 227, 228 numbers, uh, these net, you know, that three of these games coming up are really very interesting. So uh, definitely going to ratchet up some of the play here. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah. And then pace-wise, we have Clippers 27, New Orleans 14. Defensive efficiency, Clippers are down to 10th, and we know the Pelicans can't defend. They're 28th. Clippers, Kennard and Kawhi, the double Ks are out. And then Rondo is questionable. So, you know... We've got it with Beverly still being out. You know, we've had Terrence Mann stepping in there and Jackson, uh, Paul George being a main cog in everything they do and maybe the best play in this game. And then Marcus Morris is going to have the dubious, dubious detail of trying to guard Zion more than likely. So that should be fun. Um, Not for Marcus. No, no. <laughs> he'll, he'll punch him or something. I don't know what he'll do. And then on the Pelican side, Johnson, Adams, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker snuck on this list as all three being questionable. So I was surprised to see that because I thought Nah was out, but I guess he's either going to come back or close to coming back. Uh, and, of course, Hart's still out. So, you know, Zion's been phenomenal. You know, uh, that this weekend he got to 2,000 points faster than anybody in NBA history uh, since Michael Jordan. So, you know, we're talking LeBrons and all these dudes, and he's he did that. So that's quite an accomplishment, and it's sort of going under the radar, especially, you know, I think it was because all the on-and-off sitting four-minute spurt baloney from last year, and here the guy is just absolutely dominating. And he's he's terrific. I mean, he's... He is meeting all expectations and then some, and and he's playing point most of the time, Andrew. Honest to God, he brings the ball up. Can you imagine that? Well, like I said, I, I don't envy Marcus Morris or anybody who has that assignment because he's so strong, so agile for his size, gets to his left hand no matter what you do. Right. And, and it's just not fun to try to slow him down. No, it's not. And, you know, I'm always yelling at, at the screen, Get on his left side, force him right. And, you know, it's easy for us to say that, but he's just so damn strong and quick that he just he fights over it and he gets to that left hand. Like you said, it's almost like you have to double him. That's the only chance you have is fly a guy in from his left side, I would I would think. And oh, by the but, way, while you're doing yeah. that, make sure you're playing above the rim, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Way above the rim. That's <laughs> for sure. But you know, Z- you know, Zion is is playable as his price now. You know, we we called this six weeks ago. We said he will be 10k plus. And back then, man, what were we getting him at? 68, 72. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I do like him here. You know, especially without uh, Kawhi playing, I think this game 
you know, it's almost like single elimination for New Orleans. They have to just win out and, and you know, to get in, not win out, but, you know, close to it. So I think Zion is, is, is a reasonable play here. Um, you know, I'm not going to go Ingram because I think he's going to get George defense. So Zion would be my play. Ball hasn't seemed to really get into the flow of things. And I just don't ever see a reason to play Bledsoe or even Adams, really, if Adams plays. Uh, you know, they'll they'll fill in with some guys at the bigs. Uh, if Adams sits, you can always uh, look at uh, Wildman. Who's the, the big skinny dunker? What's his name? Jackson Hayes or Billy yeah, Hernan Jackson. Gomez. Yeah, and those guys will split. That's the problem I have. You know, maybe Hayes to start, but Gomez would get some time. So I don't I want any of those bigs there. The Clippers side, it's interesting. You know, Terrence Mann has taken on a much bigger role with the team. But there's also Reggie. Reggie's in play for me uh, also because I don't like Ball's defense very much. And he, Jackson's more of a GPP play because he's usually somewhat all or nothing. He can have an 8x game and then he can go for 12 fantasy points. So risky but possible. Mann's price is decent. You know, any time that you're going against a Pelicans defense – and uh, you have two superstars, and one of the superstars sits, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to think Paul George is probably a great play. And I think he is. I think Paul George is the best play in this game. He's pricey, but you know he should be the focal point of the offense. If the game stays close, like Vegas thinks, uh, you know I think he could be super dangerous. So uh, my man Morris, I'm not going to go there just because I'm fearful of that just being tired on the offensive side because of the defensive focus, possible foul trouble. And don't be surprised if he doesn't get teed up trying to knock Zion's head off too. He's, he'll do whatever he has to do to slow him down. Uh, Zubots has improved a lot, man. You called that sort of a while back. You were on the Zubots uh, train. He's He's looked better throughout the season now that he finally is getting uh, starters kind of minutes. And he's actually in my in my uh, player pool, interested in Zubots a little bit. Love Paul George. And taking a, a, a small gander at, at the Jackson man thing, possibly. So I'm, you know, I think having two clippers is a really good idea with the Pell's defense and with this game staying close. And the possibility of my pay up to Zion is there because I, you know, it's against the Clippers. Uh, and there's so many great players on the slate with the Joker and everybody. We might get Zion at a little less ownership than he's been at because the sticker shock and everything. But I still think he could be a great play here. So I may uh, shell out some bucks for this game. Uh, definitely going to have some exposure here. Yeah, very similar. Be great to have a couple Clippers against this defense uh, pace up game. Paul George, number one for sure. I just don't see them containing him. Uh, Zubots, uh, I agree. They just, with those extra minutes, he's not getting priced up. So mid-5K range, certainly in play. On the bench with Rondo, he's interesting in the 3K range, but it is his right wrist that's making him questionable. So we know that he's not a big shooter, but it, it could be just enough to get me off of him. With the Pelicans, yeah, Zion's the guy here. He went 13 for 16 against them from the field. 
so although Zubots has been putting up the numbers DFS wise, uh, he's not a stopper at the rim usually. No. Uh, and then it's not a big jumper. Yeah. And then with Lonzo, I'd like to play him at his price tag, but I I do think that if Man starts, he'll be the one defending him instead of Reggie Jackson. I agree. And I don't like that matchup for Lonzo. They'll so. put Reggie on Bledsoe probably. Yep. So it's probably Zion or Bust for me over there, and then Paul George and maybe one other Clipper as well. All right, another 8 o'clock game to go into here. We've got Utah and Minnesota. This is a rematch from Saturday. Minnesota with one of the upsets of the season in Utah. That was outlandish, and wasn't they, it? They hold Utah to 96 points, their number three offense. Just incredible. Um, Did you get my text that night? I said, Minnesota money line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I wish I had. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Utah will be ready to go here. Interesting that it's a it's a rematch, but this one is in Minnesota. So a, a home and home series here. Donovan Mitchell still out. I think you could go with any of the the four, uh, we'll call them wing players, Conley, Clarkson, Ingles, Boyan. Uh, and this is a game really full of shooting guard and small forward options on FanDuel is the way I look at it. You could go with any of them. Conley, a little more expensive than the others. Uh, Ingles, uh, probably my least favorite at six, you know, mid-6K range. Uh, Clarkson coming off the bench a little bit cheaper. Bojan was the one who really played well against Minnesota, scoring 30. And we know that they cannot defend. They're 27th. So the surprising thing is that Utah only scored 96 points against them. Really, guys were just cold. Ingles was yeah. not one for nine. Conley was five for 15. So you got to figure they'll play better, shoot better. So any of those guys are in play for me. On the Minnesota side, I do like Edwards again. Uh, you know, he's uh, doing a little bit of everything. Decent price tag. Jade McDaniels is pretty cheap, especially on. DraftKings, uh, D'Angelo Russell got to 31 minutes last game, so he's really trending now towards starters' minutes, whether he starts or not. He's, and he's really good, man. Yeah, he's, he is good. Yeah, and he's a shooting guard on FanDuel, so he's another guy that fits in that category. So, you know, this is it's a 228 and a half total. Uh, we've got Utah favored by 10, and although that last one was low scoring. I think this one will be a little bit higher scoring. Utah will, will you know, be more focused. And uh, we do have Minnesota as that third pace team. So I, I'd like to get, you know, possibly one guy from Utah and maybe even one guy from the other side. Yeah, you know, this is a, a game I, I had uh, multiple guys in the last time they played. And I was hoping upon hope that Minnesota could just stay within shouting distance. And they pretty much led the whole time. It was really, really weird. Um, you know, I don't see that happening here. I think Utah, that, that got their attention. I think they'll come out with a lot more focus in this game. And Snyder will make a few adjustments. He's a terrific coach. And, you know, I think Utah smacks them around. I mean, it's I, I see this as a 15, 20-point kind of game. I really do. This is the one uh, game on the slate, I think, has the most propensity to blow out, even though Minnesota beat them straight up the last time. Um, you know, with the advent of, of D'Angelo Russell now becoming 
you know, more minutes and more involved in the offense. I love D'Angelo Russell, but, you know, I was playing Anthony Edwards like crazy, but those two guys, they're, I mean, it's going to be tough for them both to smash because they both need a lot of shots and a lot of usage. So I'm actually, you know, especially against this Utah defense, you know, being uh, ranked second in the entire league, I, I just don't feel like it's it's a, a smart move to go with either one of them. I also don't uh, want to go with Cat here. He's been terrific lately, but it is Rudy Gobert and it is the Jazz. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to be off of the T-Wolves this game. But I do want to roster a, a couple Jazz guys because, you know, I think they, even though they blow them out, I think that they are going to make sure that they have a solid lead and get enough minutes uh, for their guys. It's an island game for them. So, uh, you know, Conley's very strong in play for me. Um, also considering Bogdanovich and Ingles. So I like the three, uh, one, two, three spots for Utah. Clarkson possibly, his price has drifted a little up, but uh, I got a feeling I'm going to end up with two of the three uh, Utah starters in the uh, backcourt and feel pretty good that, that they're going to lay one on Minnesota. Excellent. How about Chicago and Miami? Chicago the other, the and Miami. o'clock game. I missed them, did I? Yep. I'm sorry. I, well, actually, I, I was so excited to get to those Utah players. That's what I figured. I skipped them on purpose. I, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago, Miami, you know why I skipped it? It's a 207 total. Yep. Who wants to talk about exactly. that? Uh, four and a half for Miami is all it is, though, which is a small line. That's, that's a head scratcher. That line should be seven and a half, maybe, don't you think? I do. I mean, Miami just beat them by five in this on the same court on Saturday. Yeah. But, uh, Interesting. You know, Butler and Bam played. They're supposed to play again tonight. Right. I guess we just need to find out what's going to happen with Nunn and Hero. Are, are they going to be out there? I don't. I have Dragic is is possibly playing too. Yeah, because he sat the last one with rest. Rest. So I think yeah. he's definitely so- back in. And we do have questionable tags with none and, and hero. And hero, I know it. And Iguodala is the only guy out. So right. I, I just, it seems like this is one of those one the line of the day that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I, I think it may go up. I think Miami, you know, is is better here. Chicago's improved a lot. I like their team, but without Levine, they're just not the same team. And uh, Brown's also out for Chicago. But you know, you've got you got a matchup here where. <clears throat> it's an extremely important game for both teams. They're they're both trying to make the playoffs. Miami's right on that you know bubble line themselves, which is being three games over five hundred. But uh, you know this, I, there's some guys I really like here. I think that uh, you know Jimmy Butler's extremely expensive, but I think he's playable in this matchup. Uh, I don't think Chicago has a good matchup for him. They'll put Patrick Williams on him, but. The young man is a rookie, so <clears throat> that's going to be a hard matchup for him. And then, you know, if none and uh, and uh, uh, Hero are out, you know, there's going to be more time for Butler to handle the ball. I don't know about Dragic. He could be a great play here if none and Hero are out. So I'm going to consider him. Uh, you know, I don't think he'll have a real hard minutes cap but butler's the guy i've got my eye on 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, Ariza, you know, he's a decent value play, you know, he's, but he's risky as well. Um, you know, Bam also very expensive. And there's a few other centers I like better from a cost and value situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, I wouldn't blame you for wanting to play Bam. I just don't see the salary to spend it in, in this low of a scoring game, especially if I decide to bite the bullet and go with Butler. Um, you know, on the Chicago side, Tice has played good ball. You know, he played a nice game against them the last time. Vuk really played well, considering it's against Bam and the Miami defense. And then Kobe White was your, you know, your guy that was a key guy to play uh, at his price tag, which has gone up. But he has assumed most of that responsibility from Levine. Um, so, you know. Kobe White, to me, is in play in this game. Not one of my favorites, but I think that he's he's worth a mention. Daniel Tice, if you really need value, isn't a bad play. And then on the Miami side, I am going to consider Dragic. And I'd like to be able to spend up for Butler because I do think he'll go very low owned because of the total and the possible pace of this game. I mean, you've got the 13th and 29th pace and the 18th and 5th defense. So it's not really conducive. And, you know, Butler could be the, the spend-up guy that gets squeezed out for me. But I still think this is a decent enough game to get some value, one-offs uh, on either side, um, you know, with a, a sneaky Dragic or Kobe White. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. Kobe, my favorite play with Chicago. Vucevic in play for me on FanDuel as a GPP option, not on DraftKings. And then maybe one of the guards for Miami, depending on the news. Okay. All right. We've got two games left. The after-hours slate. Um, we do handle that separately with our members. We give out full lineups on FanDuel. Uh, so uh, jump in with us if you'd like to play multiple slates. Go to dfscoachtalk.com. Sign up for whatever length of membership you want. A great time to join here. Take advantage of the rest of the NBA regular season with us. Get ready for playoffs. Uh, and then uh, on DraftKings, of course, we've got out the full coaches clipboard and the full Yahoo lineup for the main slate as well. So love to have you join uh, with the rest of the members who've been joining recently. Thank you to all of them. Uh, love this growing family we have going here, Coach. Absolutely. So uh, one nine o'clock game. It's Memphis, Denver. Uh, speaking of our members, we had a lot of fun with this last matchup when they went to double OT. That yeah. was that was huge for us. Really paid off. On this slate, though, I'm not quite as excited about the game. We have Memphis on a back-to-back. Um, we have them with their basically a full ten-man rotation yesterday, and Triple J didn't even play. He right. rested that one. So, if we get Triple J back out there, and we have more like an eleven-man rotation, and we have Denver's twenty-eighth-ranked pace then probably the only way it's going to be important to play this game is if it does go to double overtime again. So I'm, I'm looking to mostly fade Memphis. I mean, Jaw, you know, he's really rolling right now, so you could look there. And we will obviously uh, be dealing with this game on the after-hour slate. But for the main slate, mostly going to fade Memphis. On the Denver side, P.J. Dozier really stepped up and, and was huge. as that Gigantic force. Yeah, he was terrific. He's priced up now, still playable. Uh, Compazzo also still playable. 
uh, assuming we, we know that Barton is going to be out and, and Morris is doubtful. So if right. they're both out, you could go with one of those guards. Rivers got 29 minutes. He's really cheap on both sites. You could look there. Michael Porter Jr., 39 points against Houston. Uh, our man Joe Stanton predicted that he would really benefit from Murray being out, and he is getting a lot more shots. And uh, 7400 on FanDuel, he's probably the guy I'd, I'd look at the most, and I don't think I'm going to pay up for Jokic on the main slate. How about you? Well, I'll tell you, I'm so impressed watching John Morant lately. He has taken his game to another level, and he's shooting the ball so much better. I think, you know, the fact that he probably goes against Compazzo or, you know, a combination of different guards off the bench, I think Jaw's very playable here. I think it's a, a good scenario for him, and he's, he's really uh, the guy that I'm going to focus on in this entire game. Um, I don't like Gordon and Porter, and I think they're going to get some attention they, like they normally do, especially Porter coming off that big game. Uh, they get two absolute dogs on defense. Brooks and Anderson can defend. I'll tell you what, Dylan, Dylan Brooks is one of the most underrated players in the league because he can score, but his defense is just brutal. He, he, he goes against guys like Damian Lillard and just stones them for periods of time. And, and he can guard, he may even guard Michael Porter in this game for a portion of the game, even though he's much shorter, just because he's, he face guards, he's just such a dog defensively. So, um, you know, I think he guards Gordon or Porter and, you know, what it does leave open for me again is PJ Dozier. And I don't think it's a fluke that he had that game and he was shooting the ball a lot, felt confident with his role. If, you know, we expect Barton and Morris to continue to be out. I think Dozier's a terrific play here. He's the only guy from the Denver side that I like. And no Joe Stanton, I'm not playing Faku Campazzo. I refuse <laughs> to do it. So he'll score 50 for you. But uh, I'm, I like Dozier and I like Morant. Those are the two guys that are just plain and simple standouts for me in this game. And I think I'll have exposure uh, with, with both of them there in my first build. All right. Well, how about your Mavericks in the late night hammer? Do I have to talk about those? That you, you get to. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's who may or may not play for Dallas. Luca, Josh Richardson, Maxi Kleba, KP, and uh, what else do you need to know? They also have... Um, uh, for the Sacramento side, we know Fox is out. And then Bagley and Holmes are questionable. Bagley hasn't played in a long time. Holmes played last night. He was questionable. So, you know, who knows if he plays or not tonight. So how do you recommend a game when you have no idea who in the hell is going to play? Um, I don't know why this is such a, you know, four of the five starters from Dallas being questionable. I mean, Dallas has finally moved in to that sixth playoff spot, which is key. Because then you don't have to screw around with that uh, playing shenanigans seven through ten. They need to stay there. They're not there by much, and uh, they can't afford to sit all these guys. So, you know, with it, when it's Carlisle, you'd never know. He may sit some of them, maybe not. I don't know. So I can't give advice on my Mavs until later. So if you ever, if you were going to join and you wanted to play that late night slate, and you wanted to get the late night, you know, skinny on Dallas. Become a member. Jump in with the Discord. You can get as low as a three-day pass for ten dollars, 
And I'll have all the news for Dallas before game time. I can promise you that. I've got all a lot of good in, in information uh, and beat writers, reporters here in Dallas. So we'll know the scenario before that game. You know, the question is, do you roster one or two of these Mavs and and then, you know, wait and see when the time comes if you need to make some moves? You know, I may do that simply because even though the Memphis-Denver game is an hour before, I'm thinking I'll know by then. So if I need to pivot, it won't have to be in this Sacramento-Dallas game. I can make some pivots also with the Memphis-Denver uh, game. So, you know, it's touchy. Uh, it's touch and go. I'm not going Luka, uh, even though he could be in a, maybe his best spot of the year if he plays big minutes. But I don't want to tie up that salary and be unsure. Now, if we get earlier news that Luka's playing before overall slate lock, then that will be a consideration as a pay-up guy in place of a Paul George or uh, whomever else I have up there on, on the higher salary. So it's complicated. I know I'm giving multiple answers here, but it's a complicated situation. So, again, if, if, if Luka's deemed in before the slate locks, he's going to be a, a serious consideration for me against this Sacramento team that's ter- horrific defensively. They're 30th. Um, but they are ninth in pace, so it will help Dallas on that side. If some of the Dallas guys are out ahead of time, you know, you could get tremendous value on a Porzingis or a Richardson or even a Hardaway, depending on the combination of guys that are out. So you got to tune in with us. You know, I'll follow this news very closely throughout the day. Then on the Sacramento side, you know, yesterday, I, you know, my, my big thing on the, on the podcast was, I don't think the spotlight's going to be too big for Halliburton. I think that he loves the fact that he's going to be the key guy with Fox out and that the Curry thing with, you know, and him being able to score and get it done. Uh, Halliburton wise, he, he stepped up and he looks more accomplished than most of the, the uh, rookies. He looks like he's been there and he's not intimidated whatsoever. So, um, you know, considering Who's in or out for Dallas? Halliburton can be a play. I know his price isn't great, but I think he's he really gets it done. You know, being a second night of a back-to-back for Sacramento, though, you know, they expended a bunch of energy. They had the ball. They could have won it. Uh, you know, they had a smoking hot Buddy Heel going and, uh, you know, some good op- opportunities, and they went to Harrison Barnes on a long three uh, at the buzzer and lost, but you know, they may be a little spent coming into this one, and that could change things. But it doesn't seem like Walton really uh, cares about over minutes for guys. So in that, you know, it, with that in mind, Barnes is possible, healed is part possible, and so is Halliburton. So I will have some exposure to this game. I think it's a good DFS game, but I need to know the news before I can truly recommend it. Yeah, I like uh, Luca potentially here. Awesome matchup. Uh, don't think this elbow issue is really significant. It's his left elbow. He came back and played in that last game. So I I, I would think he would be out there. Um, THJ is a guy I'm looking at. If anybody else is out at 43 and 4,100, uh, you know, these wings can just dominate Sacramento. And he's the yeah. guy that's got some great upside if he starts and gets 30 minutes. So I like him as a potential value play, and I'd love mm-hmm. to see one of the bigs out for Dallas because if we get Dwight Powell 
at that price. Uh, we'll see what, what happens if Holmes is starting or if he sits. Whiteside, I wouldn't actually be quite as excited about, but I'd love to play Powell. Um, and, you know, it, it, watching that game against the Lakers and seeing that, him. That was his best game of the year by a mile. 25-9-1. And, one, and yeah. th- he has that potential. I mean, I've been surprised that he's been so out of the mix and absent, not having games like that. And all you all all you needed was Lakers to double Luca, force it out of his hands, and there was Powell in the middle, open for all those easy baskets. And it'll be very similar against Sacramento. You um, know, I you know I love you like a brother, but I think and and again we we agree as as lovingly as possible on this show. But I think Dwight Powell might be, and this is my opinion. I wrong as much as I'm right. I think it's the biggest trap of the entire NBA season so far. That was a fluky game. He has not come back full strength health-wise yet. He's still getting there little by little because he had a a catastrophic injury last year. And he got all those pick and rolls, and those idiots never adjusted. How could they not adjust to letting Matt Dallas run pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, double team, hit him rolling? I just – I don't think that happens with Sacramento. I think they're – you know, as bad of a coach as Walton is, I just don't see it. And – I would be shocked if if Powell gets over 18 to 20 DFS points. So that's just my opinion, and <clears throat> you, you you could be right, but I just don't see it, and I don't trust that usage at all. So I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, I mean, his usage is different than a lot of players because he doesn't get it independently. He needs the lobs. He needs the opportunities, transition. But Holmes is really not good defensively and Sacramento is last in the league and if the if the Lakers couldn't stop him and didn't adjust I don't trust Sacramento to adjust and I I don't know why they would it's not like they're going to focus on Powell they're going to try to get the ball out of Luca's hands just like the Lakers did maybe is 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 Walton that smart to run a double (laughs) at him that's the question yeah and you got to remember he was rolling on a 325 pound Drummond and a, a ad that was playing at about 50 percent so that you know just just food for thought yeah well the 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 disappointing thing will be if we don't get to see it because i i mean i i really like this potential value play but it's not going to work if he doesn't start and the bigs for dallas as you know better than anyone they have been inconsistent so this is it's not like a if you feel great about it but no he showed what he can do and last night watching what Golden State did to Sacramento, uh, it was really the same thing because they would focus on Curry. The back door was open. Everybody was running baseline. It didn't have to be a center. I mean, Oubre was cutting on the baseline. Wiggins, all these guys were getting really easy chances at the rim because they were they were pushing up on Curry and Draymond. So They're terrible defensively. They, they're just awful. Terrible. They're just yeah. terrible. So uh, I'd like to get some significant exposure to Dallas, and we'll sort it out when we get that news. And yeah, it's gonna it be could fun. be the best plays of the day if they sit certain guys because, yep. you know, the usage is there and Sacramento can't stop them. So, you know, it's going to be fun to see. Absolutely. But you know the only way to get all the news on that and be ready for Locke? How's that? Join DFS Coach Talk and get yeah. in our Discord. we got the smartest minds in there sharing info, and we'd love to have you in there. All different kinds of opportunities. And also, you know, if you're looking for a free month, and month and a week almost 
of of Coach Talk, all you have to do is a first-time uh, depositor to betus.com.pa is join there, deposit 149, you use that to bet on all the games, and then uh, you use the, the promo code Coach Talk, all one word, no space, and you get that free four and a half, five weeks of, uh, of Coach Talk with us. And then also, you know, I wanted to mention real quickly, if you're watching this on YouTube, our big ask every show, and we waited till the end here, so hopefully you guys are still listening in, uh, just a quick thumbs up, quick subscribe. We're reaching close to one of a monumental goal for us on subs, so we want to get, uh, get you punching that button, and then hit the alert button in the corner so you know when our podcast posts. And if you're listening to us audio-wise, same thing there. We really appreciate it. We have a lot of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher Pod, Bean iHeart, all those places where our podcast posts and, and is housed. Uh, just take a second, if you can, five stars, a quick comment. We do have a random uh, draw that we go through and, and pull out someone that has made a, a positive comment and give them a free week of Coach Talk. So this has been a fun slate. I know it's a long show today, but... There are 22 teams. It's volatile, and you know it's the same thing with making lineups. Andrew, it was it was tough yesterday providing members far enough in advance because with all these moving parts, you, you got you can't make a mistake on anybody, and it shifts constantly. So we got our work cut out for us today, partner. We do, yeah. And it was fun breaking it down with you. Hope everybody enjoyed the passion and the intensity that we bring to the show, and we're going to be back again to do it tomorrow. So I hope you'll join us on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I'm Andrew Hansen, and we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.